Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom now. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. This is a hefty episode, so I'm going to skip the long intro. My cousin Michelle File is on the podcast. And if you have followed on Instagram, you've definitely seen her pop up here and there because we spend a lot of time together. She's kind of like my sister from another mister. Now in this episode, we we go deep. We go deep on it all. We talk about family and healthy lifestyle and relationships and entrepreneurship and toxic relationships and healing the mother wound and trauma and parenting. It is a well-rounded episode. Now, if this conversation resonates with you, or if you're a fan of the show, I would be super grateful if you left a rating and a review on iTunes, or just share it with someone who you think would benefit. This really is the best way to support me and the show, and it does not cost you a thing. Thanks for listening. Here's to crushing it in 2023. Let's dive in. Okay, guys, so we are doing this. My cousin Michelle is here. We have been thinking about doing this podcast, I'm going to say. Well, first of all, I asked you when I first did my podcast, but then you kind of... I was too nervous. It is full on, it was full on nerves and you thought I didn't want to be on it, but it was actually just me being too scared. Too scared to talk with me? I know it doesn't make sense, but that's what it was. Well, you're here now. I know. But yeah, you know, every time we sit down and we talk, I'm like, this should be recorded. This should be shared. So let's hope that we can replicate some of (laughs) our conversations that we've had. So, all right, where do we even start? People are wondering how we are related. So our moms are sisters and your parents, I've always been super close with. So I feel like I've been kind of like a part of, well, I felt, I've decided (laughs) I've been part of your family for, well, very close since I was a child. So super young. I mean, our moms owned a store together when you were born Mm -hmm. and I'm 11 years older than you, I think. So I was 11. I, I was babysitting. Yeah. And you were my first babysitting gig. Mm-hmm. You were the first kid I ever drove. I had this memory today in my mom's minivan and you were the first kid I was ever, ever able to go pick up. Oh. And then of course, like as your, your parents separated, we still kept a really close relationship with your dad. Yeah. And you lived in the same town as I did and your dad traveled a lot still. So you would come to our place. Yeah. You were just kind of always around. <laughs> yeah. So I was always around. And then I think, you know, as we've gotten older, you're kind of like one of our sisters, I feel like. So I have three sisters. You're like... I only have a brother, which is a whole other episode. But I have always felt so close to the three of you. Yeah. Most of the time in a sisterly Until every once in a while you like chime in as like the motherly. And we're like, have you crossed? Are you now one of the adults? I'm right in the middle of our mom's. And you three, there have been many periods where I'm like, you guys are talking and I'm like, oh dear, 
I've actually crossed over to the mom's thought process about this. And then other times I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm still here. It is kind of interesting because I'm, I believe I'm 11 years younger than your mom and 11 years older than you. So I really am in the middle. Okay. How weird is that? Because Darren's 13 years older than me and 13 years younger than mom. Yeah. That's really yeah, strange. That's strange. So yeah. So, you know what? Let's start by you sharing a little bit about, oh, I'm going to use the word journey. I've always hated the word journey, but there's no other word um, about your journey. Yeah. So for years, I was a hairstylist with a big salon, a Veda salon and spa, thought I would do that forever, was pretty content and was really successful, which when you hear me say that, you're probably going to think, oh, that's great. But the problem with that was I was really successful, but I didn't really love it. So I was making great money. I had this great reputation. I had a beautiful salon. It was very nice. Yeah. And I was good at it. I know. Damn it. But every day I woke up and the thought would roll through my head. I cannot believe I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like working Saturdays, working evenings, just all of it. Talking to people all day. Talking to people. I'm an introvert really quite naturally. So that job really exhausted me. But again, I I really thought I would do it forever. I would probably have multiple salons. I'm a goal getter. Like I really had dreams and ambitions for that. However, one wild, crazy day, I was scrolling Facebook and I saw this opportunity (laughs) for lack of better words to join as a health and wellness coach with a company. And I didn't know anything about network marketing. I didn't know what the word, like the word MLM even meant. I knew nothing about that, but I had an inkling that this was Beachbody. I Mm -hmm. hope it's okay to say. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm a, I'm a Beachbody body partner. And I had an inkling that's what it was. I don't know what was said that made me think, okay, this is what this is. And I had actually been using their products by myself at home for the last 10, 10 years. I remember prior. doing the workout videos in your apartment. Yeah. Like Slim and Six and Turbo Jam. And I did actually have a really big weight loss journey with them. I lost about 80 pounds mm-hmm. on my own, just fuddling my way through. So at the time that I saw that little thing, that blurb on Facebook, I was really at the height of my weight loss. Like I had actually got super skinny on my own, feeling all the things. And, you know, it wasn't actually the best, best you situation. Great. Um, you just great. were no fun. I was no fun. And I lost weight in a really unhealthy way. But anyways, I'm, a, I'm thankful for that period because it gave me the confidence to say to that lady, okay, what is this? Like, what are you talking about? This sounds kind of cool. And that started everything. I started doing it as simply a hobby. I never thought it would lead to me closing the salon, but within two years it did. It replaced my income at the salon. And I was like, I love this. This is my ticket out of this thing. And my husband was so supportive, which I think is key. I asked him though, I communicated it really well that I know you thought that I loved this salon, but I've been lying to everybody. I hate it. Including yourself too. To, including my, to myself. Yep. And that was my way out. So I closed that salon and spa. It was very shocking to a lot of people, made a lot of people angry actually, but I just stuck to my guns and I'm not sure how I had that inner confidence. That's a question I get asked all the time. Like, how did you do that? 
it just felt so right inside my body that it didn't really matter what anyone else said to me. I knew it was the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of pressure for you to stay doing that. Like that was, there was a lot of judgment. Like, you know, we come from a pretty small town. People like to talk. So people have opinions about things and people had a lot of opinions. And if you think about it, like even your dad had, you know, he wanted you to, he's like, this is great. However, you got to keep this salon open. I almost wonder, because did you close after he died? He knew I was closing. Oh, okay. But it wasn't closed yet. So funny enough, the day he died was the last day I had appointments. So just, I might need to repeat that. <laughs> he died the day that I laid my scissors down for the last time. Yeah. And it was a very pivotal kind of point in my life. Like two things were ending. One thing was beginning. And it was just kind of like this really wild, wild time. He was not in favor of me closing the salon. I remember him saying, oh, ride this out. Because he was mind blown at how much money I was making with this network marketing. Network marketing was not a thing in our small town. Like it was talked negatively about my dad like forbid us to do stuff like that mm-hmm. and to the, I remember telling clients that would ask me about network marketing oh don't do that like why wouldn't you put more effort into what you already like I was against it too mm-hmm. so I totally understood people being against it but I don't know something inside me just made me do it yeah here you are here you are and you know we both so you know when I started my stepmom blog, like there was a lot of judgment around that too. Like, what is Jamie doing? Can you make money at this? Like, how are you making money? Like, just like showing up online. Like, can you imagine how many people have screenshotted our stuff to each other? And, you know, here's the thing and here we are now. And I think we both have a pretty good gig going and we're able to do what we want and do what we love during the day. However, I think it is very glamorized on social media mm-hmm. and it's just looks like, you know, you don't have to work. You just kind of like for you work out or me, I just kind yeah. of do my stuff with my family. And that is not the truth. It is a grind it's... for the longest time. And it's still a grind, but especially those that beginning. Yeah. Like a huge grind. You work your balls off. Yeah. When I think back to the two years that I was running this big salon plus building this business, clearly I was just running on adrenaline. Mm -hmm. There, it wasn't inspiration or motivation. It was this desire inside of me to get out of one so I could get to another. And that's what woke me up at, yes, four in the morning. And sometimes I was up still at one o'clock. I remember Terry coming and like pounding my laptop and saying, I know you, you're going to get up at four in the morning. You need to go to bed. I had not enough sleep. Like, no, it, it wasn't the healthiest of atmospheres, But it did get me out of what I wanted to get out of. Mm. And then I was able to kind of prioritize my time a little bit better. But social media, what you see on the surface, sometimes isn't what's actually going on. And I try to be really honest about what's going on. Like I Mm. still, you know, I didn't take Monday off because it was a stat holiday. And Mm -hmm. I'm working lots of nights and early in the morning and I think if you you have the desire to better your life, you'll do it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Actually, so Brittany, my sister, 
and your cousin. So she actually works for us both yeah. and uh, kind of keeps us both on track. Oh, yeah. But we were away last year in St. Martin. We were supposed to be on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I never planned on like being totally off. And I knew you didn't plan on being totally off. And she was like, what are you guys doing? Like, I keep getting emails from you guys. And I think that's what you need to understand is like there is this like you, when you have your own thing, no one's going to be doing it unless you're doing it. So it's like really finding a way to – you do balance it, but you balance it throughout that day. Like there's not a lot of days off. It's mm-hmm. you're always kind of like checking in. But the cool thing is, is when you love doing it, it doesn't feel like work. Like you just want to do it. Like I love, I love talking to women in my community. I love like chiming in on the forum and like that kind of stuff. Totally. I'm always thinking about it. That might sound like obsessive or I've, I've had people tell that you're just obsessed with this. Well, I am like, I am obsessed with helping other women earn income or get healthy or start their own business. Like, yes, it is obsessed. I love it that much that I'm always thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happened in St. Martin. We were working, we were in a different environment, which brings out different ideas. We were relaxed. The kids weren't there. The husbands weren't there. And I think you and I are very similar that when we have an idea, it's like go time action is taken right away where other people might not. Might write it down and like mull it over. That is not us. We just make it happen. Yeah. Okay. So there were a bunch of questions submitted and we're just going to kind of dive right through them and then we're going to wrap it up with some tips. Just if someone wants to start being healthier and just kind of has that desire this year what your tips are because you can go like all in and then it's like not attainable because it's like so aggressive at the very beginning so just kind of like those baby steps and the micro habits but first let's go to the cues so how would you push through struggles in life when you're self-employed I think really back to what we just said like you have to really want it I think it's becoming really aware and honest with yourself so I could still be stuck in a salon Making great money, but not being cutting my happy. hair. Jamie would be happy that I'd be cutting her hair. Lots of people, you know, I get messages every day. Like, when are you going to come back? Like, and they're joking. So you have to get so aware of what you want. You have to strip all the layers away. It's not what your husband wants, your dad, your mom, your cousins, whatever, or what society is telling you you should do. It doesn't matter if you have a university degree in it and you're not going to use it. Because if you are not happy, you are never going to manifest the things you want in your life. It all starts at the root of us being happy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And listening to those whispers, again, (sighs) super cheesy. But anytime I've had an idea pop in my head or anytime like something has like come to me, And then it comes over and over again. Like if you have something you can't shake, Mm -hmm. there is a reason why you can't shake that. So you you need to kind of dive into that. And then so when you're going through the struggles of life, you know, for me, a lot of my struggles have to do with being a stepmom and like step family life and court and all that stuff. So, you know, thankfully it helps me create some content. (laughs) So it definitely gives me experience. But, you know, I think the same goes for you too, right? Like you get inspired by it. So you can choose, you know, where you put that energy yeah. And, you know, when you're self-employed, like you actually have to make money too. So it's like, you have to work. Like, even if things are tough, like there is no like automatic paycheck coming in. Like you have to, you have to do the work. So I think that also keeps you going too. Yeah. I mean, 
make sure you're inspired by it. I mean, one of my biggest struggles my whole life was weight and self-confidence and self-love and self-worth. And I've worked so many years on it. I decided to make a business out of it because I'm not by myself. I'm not the only one over here that has fat days and has days that she's too nervous to go on a podcast. Like there's so many people like that. And I decided that I was that passionate about it. I wasn't really passionate about hair. You weren't that passionate about working for children's aid. No. Right. Well, I did really like children's aid actually, but I wasn't that passionate about working late at night exactly. and you know, there were some dangers that yeah. came with it. Like, so yeah, that wasn't going to be my full life. And I, and I knew that, yeah. but it's really interesting. Like you were saying like this was my struggle this whole time. My whole struggle, my whole life has been like recouping from my parents' divorce, like the trauma that came from it, issues with abandonment, step family stuff. Like you teach what you need. Like this is just as much for us as it is for, you know, people in the community. It's like you relate to people and there's so many people who are going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So, oh, usually if I'm coaching a person on something, it's something I've just learned myself. Yeah. <laughs> I've just walked through myself. I'm just a couple steps ahead. I think that's the beauty of business. But back to someone being self-employed and their struggles, you got to stay connected to your vision. The vision can't just be, I want to pay off my debt or I just want to have this business. You, you have to have a bigger vision. Like mm -hmm. what is this big vision, this dream, this thing that actually is going to get you up working on the days that it seems really hard or you have no clients at your salon and spa or you have no, no one buying your clothes. Like if you stay connected to a really big vision, it's going to keep you excited. And think about the big vision. I thought about every single time someone sat in my chair as they were talking to me about nothing in my mind and I was cutting their hair, I envisioned the day that I was going to tell them this was the last haircut. I thought about that for two years and wow. then I, it finally came true. I got to tell them, I love you. I've loved this. But I'm done. No. <laughs> I'm done. I've I love my, I miss my clients. Yeah. And getting out every day. Like there's a whole other side to working at home, right? Yeah, you, for sure. You, you know? And you know what? The one thing that just popped in my head is having just kind of like your own affirmation or statement. And again, I know that sounds cheesy, but I had to do was that, that five-minute journal. Last year I tried to do it. I'm not into the five-minute journal. There's not enough space for me to write what I need to write. But it's a great thing to start with it's if you're kind tool. of like, you know, struggling with kind of getting into the journaling practice. But the one thing was create an affirmation that you say every day. And it's like, I am balanced, grounded, abundant, and free. Like that is mine. And now everything I do every single day is, is it a yes? Like if something comes to me, is like, it is yes. Do I really, really want to do this? Do, is it aligned with that? Does it make me feel balanced, grounded, abundant, and free? Mm -hmm. And I think if you really get clear on your why, you're good. Next question is the tips for dealing with family members that you want a relationship with, but are toxic. Well, so you told me this question before. Yeah. You, did you, you think about it on your writing? I did think about it. And I'm just so curious. They're toxic, but you want a relationship with them. So I think you need to ask yourself some questions. Why do you want a relationship with them? Is it out of you feel like you should? Or do you really want to have a relationship? If it's you think you should... You need to unpack that a little bit. Who's telling you that? Why do you think that? If you really want a relationship with that person, you probably need to do some communication about the toxicity 
of yeah. the relationship and healing and forgiving maybe. I mean, I don't know the backstory, but mm-hmm. I just think it's an interesting question. I think it's a very relatable question. Like I, I do think a lot of times when we have people in our lives, we, we have this like vision of like what it's supposed to look like your relationship with your mom or your brother or your cousins or your sisters or whatever it is. And you also see on social media too, mm-hmm. right? Like you see mm-hmm. these relationships and what they should look like, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that relationship, you know, and I've been very open, like I struggle with my relationship with my mom. Like I really struggle that I can't have the type of relationship and I have never been able to with my mom that I want to have. And it has been this ongoing thing that we openly talk about, but there is a grieving process there, right? So I think that you also have to ask yourself, like, is this possible? Like, Mm -hmm. is it possible to have this, this type of relationship? It's also like, you know, say you're in an abusive relationship or say you're in a not healthy relationship. Is the type of relationship that I am craving or that I desire or that I deserve Mm -hmm. possible with this person and getting really real about that And that's where like the healing comes in because you often have to grieve. Like I've had to grieve the relationship that I thought I would have with both of my parents, right? I'd had to grieve the relationship that I I thought they would have and what my family should look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's even like dealing with an ex, right? I really wanted, and you know, you can vouch this, this like hearts and sparkles, a co-parenting relationship, and it's just not in the cards for us. So you know, you also have to ask, like, is it possible to have this relationship with this person? And I do believe, like, if you continue to put yourself in situations over and over and over again, when you are getting hurt and you're getting shut down and then it, like, derails your day, then you need to kind of do a little bit of a, a tweak, right? Mm-hmm. And there is one therapist. I used to go to this therapist before I got married, Bruce. Bruce was great. You know, I was talking about a relationship that I was struggling with. And he said, you know, there has to be some good in it. Mm -hmm. There's also some good in this relationship. And so really like seeking out that good. And then when it becomes toxic, be just kind of like bow out. It's like, you know what? I think I got to go do something. Like I'll talk to you later or distance yourself. So it doesn't always have to be all or nothing either. I love how you said, really think about what you're setting yourself up to need. What is this vision you have? Because I can tell you, I had a certain type of relationship with my mom prior to my dad dying. And something I didn't know was going to happen was our relationship was going to have to pivot, like completely different. She's different. I'm different because of that one event. And I think we would both say, quite honestly, we've had to learn to like each other again. And there were some boundaries that had to be set for myself and I know for her as well. Relationships are not always going to look like they look on social media or how we think they should look. And they're also going to always change. And I think people need to be open to that, Mm -hmm. that we're all changing, right? We're all, most of us, especially if you're listening to this, you're evolving, you're growing. So your relationship with people is going to change as well even if they aren't, or maybe they are too in some way, shape or form. Sometimes it's backwards. Sometimes or they're it's not forward. growing at all. Right. Yeah. And they're just like not in that place to do that work. Like, you know, especially someone who's on like dealing with personal growth or not dealing with attempting or trying to yeah. grow personally, doing the work, committing, committing. It is uncomfortable, right? Like uh-huh. it is like not as simple as just like reading girl, wash your face and like writing five things that you're grateful for every day. Like real personal growth is uncomfortable as fuck. Yeah. And 
you know, there's two steps forward, three steps back, like the whole process and really like healing any of the trauma that's come up for you along the way. And if trauma isn't coming up for you along the way, you are not digging deep enough. Like everyone has some sort of stuff, but some people might not come along that journey with you and they might kind of like that old version of you and really kind of need that to fit their own narrative. And that's cool. But like, that's a toxic relationship that you also need to pivot with. Yeah. I was just going to touch on the word trauma because I'm sure there's some people that hear that word and say, I haven't had anything like that in my life. Cause that was me up to the couple years ago. Actually, I was like, Oh, you know, life's just been so good for me. Really? Like I have nothing to complain about. Sure. My dad died and got a divorce, and, but I just didn't think of that as bad enough. Mm-hmm. We all have it. Like there's no level of Traumaness. <laughs> like you've all got stuff that you need to work through to move to the next step. There's so many different things that are traumatic things that have happened. And that's what doing that work is. It's like digging into that stuff to become more aware of it and then working through it. And it makes you a better person. It's not easy, but it, no. it certainly makes you a different person. It's like unpacking those narratives about what you've been told. You know, like I had all these stories in my head about, you know, what I've been told or what I represent or the type of person that I am. And it's really interesting, actually, because let's go back to that, because the things that certain people say to you throughout your life can stick with you. And I know most of us, are, probably all of us have something like, you know, an aunt told you that, you know, you're going to end up in juvenile detention. That was me. Or, you know, your your mom has said something or your grandma has said something that you're not smart enough or, or stuff like that. Like those little things, those create the stories that we've been telling ourselves about ourselves. You want to hear mine? I've told you this. Before. I know. It's the way when you're like, I didn't think I had trauma. I'm like, don't you remember that? I know. My uncle calling me fat, the fat one across there. Like so many little grandpa always like, Yeah. And that is really what shaped my insecurity, not feeling good enough. And no one is doing it. On, well, maybe the one uncle was doing it on purpose. <laughs> but no one's doing or saying these things on purpose. They are actually stuck in their own stuff. Shit. They're stuck in their own stuff. But gosh, we tangle up in this web. And that's why it's so important to get deep mm-hmm. with yourself. And even talk to people in your life about it. Cause remember when we were in St. Martin, I was like, this is, I always thought this, I always thought I was going to yeah. screw up all these things. And everyone always thought that about me and your mom and you and your mom were like, we were with you all the time. We did not think this was I, true. You were so smart. Never, ever, ever once did I think, Oh, that Jamie, she's just not going to make it. Did you think I might be in juvie? Never. Oh my God. We, we would never have let that happen. <laughs> I would have bailed you out. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving, who also help support the show. I want to tell you about something I'm doing for 2023. I'm going through my closet and getting rid of anything that does not represent my best self. If the best version of myself, the one that I dream about becoming, wouldn't wear it, or it doesn't make me feel confident and good. It is going in the donate pile or I'm selling it. That includes my loungewear. I am no longer into comfy clothes that make me feel like a slob kebab. I want to look cute. I want to look put together, even when I'm just chilling. So I have gone through my loungewear and purged. You want to know what's left? My cozy earth. I am not kidding when I tell you that cozy earth loungewear is next level. 
It washes perfectly, it fits well, and the quality is amazing. The breathable four-way stretch bamboo viscose fabric is temperature regulating and the most comfortable ever. If I were you, I would order the bamboo joggers and the ultra soft bamboo pullover crew. It's probably no surprise, I have it in black. I also have the ultra soft wide leg pullover pants and I'm obsessed. Also, if you wanna up your PJ game, the loungewear bamboo PJs are also unreal. All you have to do is head to CozyEarth.com and use the code COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off your order. Yes, 40%, that's the biggest discount that they offer. Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off. One of my goals for the new year is to eat out less. If you know me, you know that I love a good restaurant meal. I would eat out every night if I could. But now with Porta, I can recreate the restaurant at home with chef-made Italian classics sent right to my door. Meals are ready within minutes with high quality ingredients from Italy and plans that fit my schedule. There's no prep, no mess, it's perfect. The chefs at Porta make their food from scratch and then flash freeze it to lock in the flavor. I'm talking pasta, desserts, pizza, risotto, pastries. Porta is literally a dream. You just have to give it a try. Head to eatporta.com and choose your meals, pick your schedule, and then use the code JAMIE30 for 30% off. For restaurant quality Italian classics right to your door, go to www.eatporta.com and use the code JAMIE30 for 30% off. That's eatporta.com and use the code JAMIE30. Okay, uh, next one. How do you release the need for control or like the fear with not having control? Are you looking at, we were just talking about how far I've come with control. You've come so far with control. Thanks. Uh, I mean, my answer for myself is, I know people are going to hate this, but age, age has made me less to have less of a need of control. And having my dad die made me realize who cares? Life is just so fragile. I don't need to control everybody. Uh, It's hard enough just controlling my own thoughts and whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's what's helped me. Yeah. For me, it's about diving into like, why did I need control? Yeah. And that's again, where it comes from like doing the work. So it's like, what are you actually scared of? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a stepmom feeling like you need to control everything because you feel like you don't have any control. Right. So, but when you do that, you real you lose sight of all the things you do have control over. But what's the fear underneath that? The fear is that I'm not worthy, I'm not wanted, I'm replaceable, I'm an outsider, I'm not as important, I'm not as valued as much. Your desire for control comes from insecurities. And then I, you know, I even look back even more, like my relationship with my mom. There was huge abandonment issues there. So I was always going to control everyone else. And I would ruin a relationship before someone else could leave me. Yeah. So it was like, at least I was in control in that place. So it was really hard for me, like when Darren and I got together and Darren is a very uncontrollable person. Like Darren will do what Darren's going to do. And I believe I'm supposed to be with him because he has taught me so many lessons, right? He's taught me that I can't control another person. He's also taught me that someone can be there for you no matter what, like through the good and the bad and the ugly and all of that. But I didn't ever have that unconditional love before. So doing that work to get to that point where I realized, oh, he's not going to leave me, right? And I remember, and I've talked about this a lot, 
we had a conversation in the kitchen and he was like, you need to stop trying to make me leave you because I'm not going to leave you. Like I, he's like, I am not one of your parents. I am not from your past. Like we are creating a life together, but you have to really dive into like, what are you scared of? So even if it's like you want to keep control of like your house and have it perfect all the time. Okay. Why? What are you scared of? Are you worried that people will think that you're not good enough? Are you worried that they're going to think you're not a good stepmom or not a good parent? Are you like, why do you care? Right. And, and when you just kind of like keep asking why and why and why, and then you're like, oh yeah. It's and then you always, can't unsee it. It's you can't, <laughs> there's a lot shit. of stuff you can't unsee once you see it. So many people ask me, so I used to have the most amazing birthday parties for my kid, porch design. Yeah, your porch design for Christmas, like you, you, I was like, Michelle has changed because she did nothing. Yeah. This year I did absolutely nothing. And it, I mean, my everything could have been on Pinterest for certain. And I had someone ask me, when did the switch happen? Like, how did you become okay with not spending $300 on the Thanksgiving Halloween situation for the porch? And my answer was, I stopped doing stuff for other people. Mm-hmm. I was only doing that. So people would say, Oh, look at her. Like she, and that took a lot of like inner work for me to get to the point that, Oh my gosh, I was not doing those birthday parties for my daughter. I was doing those birthday parties. So everyone could think I was a hero that I was working. You were a hero. Those I know were they were really good very parties. heroic. I will say they were really awesome. They were actually more for the adults and I appreciated them. Like yeah, they were a they good were time. Good. They were good parties. But I mean, yeah, it's really the whole theme is getting in touch with yourself and asking yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to control this person? The only person you can control in life is yourself. Yeah. Really. And sometimes that's hard too. Yeah. Okay. So did you ever feel like there was a comparison or competition between the siblings and cousins? So that was super interesting because I remember your freaking birthday parties and then I have Reese and I'm not really crafty. I don't have great handwriting. I would rather just order pizza. I'm very simple in terms of like the hosting and oh man, the pressure I felt yeah. because I was like comparing what your birthdays were for Reese it was, we, I did definitely feel like yeah. competition. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. Thanks. No, I'm just joking. For sure. Was, I can see that. Totally. Well, it wasn't your, like, no, it, it wasn't my fault. But you liked doing it at the time, or maybe mm-hmm. you felt like you did. And that's the thing. There's things that I do. And someone's like, why do you do, I, I really like doing that. Yeah. Have you seen her Instagram page? Of course I am. I compare myself to her. Do you compare yourself to me now? Not anymore. But you know, a couple years ago, for sure. I was like, gosh, like, look at what she can do. And I just can't. And now I realize we're just different and we have for sure different businesses and different platforms and different desires of what we want to spend our time on. And I think that's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful place to get to. And it's taken me, I'm 48. It's taken me a long time to get to a place of not comparing myself to others. Comparison is actually my most favorite topic because it's been my biggest challenge in life. Not specifically with your sisters and family necessarily, but in my business, even when I was a hairdresser stylist, I compared to the other people who had the most appointments booked, who got the most compliments, and then it kind of traveled into the business I'm in now. And it has taken me down. A lot until I learned 
to think of comparison as my power that I, it's part of me. I'm not ever going to get, be able to not compare. It's just part of my personality, but now I've learned how to understand that feeling. When I feel comparison, I ask myself, why? Well, what is it about her that you're being jealous of, but actually maybe want and desire yourself and then ask, well, do you actually want to do that though? Like, Mm -hmm. is that, is that for real? And sometimes it is. And then I start being able to look at them as inspiration versus this person I can't follow because I'm so jealous of them. Mm -hmm. As far as you guys though, not really. I mean, sometimes I am not a sister. I am a cousin. So there have been like a few times that I, I think, Oh, you know, they're in their threesome chat thread and I'm over here sometimes involved. You don't want to be in the chat thread. I know, you've said that to me before. <laughs> totally. But there sometimes, and that's not anybody's fault. It's just the way it lands. Like, I don't have a sister. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And yeah. so there's, like, every once in a while. Yeah. That would be the only thing. But For sure. But I also think, like, you and I have our chat thread. And I think you and I have a different relationship than yeah. maybe you have with... Uh You know, Chelsea and Brittany, and we have this, like, family of women. Strong women. Yeah, yeah, it's strong. So we have my mom and your mom, and then they have another sister, and then there's the three of us and you. And so we all have this, like, it's a very... It's a strong dynamic. (laughs) It's a dynamic. In fact, my husband's family used to come around my parents' place where we kind of all gather all the time. You've probably seen Dave's bar. We just all gather there and it's so much fun, favorite times. But I can remember my husband's family, like they didn't want to be there. It's just too much. All of us there together would not be that much fun for other people. We're, we are all type A. We come from a very strong dynamic lineage, I believe, like very goal, action, and little trauma. Each of, yeah. Everyone has their Everybody own. has their own trauma. And each of us have different amounts of each thing. And when it all gets together, it's either really good or, or like we've had some, it can go real south real fast. <laughs> Jeez. It can go real bad. It can be just the best. And then it can just be the worst. A little slice of hell. <laughs> can be a little slice of hell, which actually the, the way that we are segueing into <laughs> these questions, I lost my second page, but the last, the last question that came was about the mother wound. Oh, <laughs> it's dear. like, how are you healing your mother wounds? I feel like people just know us from our Instagram <laughs> stories and they're like, okay, now's the time. Okay. So the mother wound, if you're not familiar, I highly recommend every woman read this book. This is the thing. It's not an attack on your mom. That's the whole thing. The mother wound is not an attack on your mom or your parent. In fact, I am in some way damaging or oh. giving Reese some sort of trauma. You are I'm just giving Delaney. Pass the book like, on to everyone is giving like everyone has their own stuff and their own crap that they've kind of brought from their childhood. So go figure out what the mother wound is for yourself because I'm not great at explaining it. Listen to the podcast you did. Oh, yeah. Listen to the podcast. That was very they helpful. Were, they were on – she was on the podcast, Bethany Webster. She's freaking amazing. So, yeah, I will actually link that podcast. Go listen to that. But how is that healing going? So my mother wound 
I don't feel like I had a mother wound until my dad died. Like I just didn't feel, and I think more thought going into it. I only knew my parents as a couple. I didn't know them separately mm-hmm. or I didn't know my mom separately or I don't know. It's all very foggy, but I feel like since my dad died, I've had to really dig into my relationship with my mom and it's been rocky And I think that she will say the same thing. In fact, we had something happen last night that I'm sure she's laughing right now. We had a little blip last night and we've learned how to communicate with each other so much better. My mom is very open to understanding that she has a mother wound and that what I'm dealing with isn't her fault. It's just what it is. Yeah. I mean, our moms have a lot of stuff that they need to work on. And they were only doing what they could do. They were, they were only doing what they could do with the resources they had, with the parenting they experienced, and they brought it into our lives. And now, I mean, I feel lucky because my mom and I are kind of working through it together. We have a good, good, solid relationship now. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being around her a lot now to yeah. the point that we're even going to start a little project together, which two years ago, I would have been like hell to the no on that. Yeah. So we've worked a lot together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really powerful to understand. Like, I don't know about you. I can't believe I'm a grown up. Like, I can't, I don't know who let me have, I don't know who, we, we just posted a photo on my Instagram stories yeah. yesterday of when I first became a stepmom and I looked like their freaking babysitter. Oh, like, I was I such a baby, right? And our parents were actually like five years younger than that when they started having kids. Yeah. So what we don't realize is that until you become one yourself is that your parents are just trying to keep it together. Everyone's just figuring it out on their own. Everyone has their own stuff and they're doing the best they can with what they have in the moment, which means there's going to be a gap in what you needed as a child and what your parents can provide for you, whether they're like overbearing and like controlling and trying to, you know, make you a, just like a little perfect child and that pressure that comes. I know a lot of people feel that. Or if there was like this lack of emotional support. So I think for me, it's like just really understanding that we all have a capacity and everyone is dealing with their own stuff and just kind of having a little more grace to my mom and to, you know, your mom and all moms, like Mm -hmm. it's a lot, right? And I think once you get to that place of just compassion, it doesn't make the hurt any less hurtful, but it makes it all make sense. And you kind of need that to heal. Yeah. You have a, a bigger and better understanding of where they were coming from, why you're hurt, were hurt. Whenever we're in that sort of place that we're not getting along and arguing and not liking another person, that's all stemming from fear. And if you can just remember that the best way to anything in life is grace, compassion, and love. You start softening, like even just saying that we kind of both sound like like, preachers. I know, but (laughs) it's so true. It's that's how I had to look at my mom's. Like I had so much anger when my dad died and I was angry at her and I was angry, angry, angry. Well, it was just fear of me not knowing what the hell was going on in my life. He was gone. I didn't know what was happening. Uh And it was all stemming from fear. And once I started leaning into like love, compassion, grace, like you even exhale when you say those words, right? It's like, okay, how Uh could I look at this a little bit differently? It doesn't change that I'm 
still afraid and but you look at things and you're able to work through them differently Mm -hmm. I think the key in like all of this is to just understand like everyone has their shit and the way people act and they react is all about them it really is and you know bring this back to like you know the stepmom stuff if you're dealing with a toxic ex-wife, and I think we need to be very careful actually with the word toxic, but it does, it's a very great description word, but just where is that coming from? What is their fear? What is their hurt? Like what, where is this coming from? And that doesn't mean you need to tolerate disrespect. That doesn't mean that you need to be a doormat. It doesn't mean you need to have a relationship with everyone, but when you can have a little bit of love for people and be like, yeah, okay, well, you're on your path. I'm over here doing my thing and I, I, I love you, but we need whatever. Exactly. All right. So to wrap this up, let's get out of the deep stuff. Yeah. Ooh, some quick and dirty to say someone's like, okay, great podcast guys feeling super inspired. Oh, by the way, Michelle, you lost 80 pounds. Um, your health and fitness, all the things. If you were someone who's kind of in the space where like, okay, I need to make some changes right now, but who doesn't want to go balls to the walls because that can, you know, backfire. Where do you start? Well, first is don't go balls to the wall because I did that and it backfired in such a big way. I had abs for a summer. I will tell you, I looked really good in that yellow bikini. Remember that? I do. You were- I looked good. No fun. But I was no fun. She wouldn't have a glass of wine, which I'm not saying you have to drink to have fun, but it does help. I remember Darren- at the bar saying, do you not miss having wine? Because I actually had a lot of wine previous to that, <laughs> previous years. That was my favorite season of Michelle. Oh, yeah, falling off the stool. Yeah, yeah. it was a good one. Christmas. Anyways, so first tip, do not do that. Restriction, diet. I think we, we're starting to understand as a society that is not working. Just ask yourself, the last time you went on a diet, if you're wanting to change some things now, there's a reason, right? That didn't work. That wasn't a lifestyle. So I'm a big fan of just making really small shifts in increments of time. In fact, I just did a post on Instagram today that gave you suggestions of little things and pick something every month. So maybe you want to start drinking water in the morning when you wake up. 30 ounces, 40 ounces of water before you have a coffee. Move. You don't have to do a crazy workout. Honestly, go for a walk every day. Get more vitamin D. Get outside more. Switch out processed foods. Just stop buying them. Finish up what you have. Just stop buying them. Or if you need them on occasion, make sure half, three quarters of your plate is vegetables. Add more vegetables into your day. Think about the rainbow. Protein. Add more protein. There are so many little things that you can do that create substantial change in the end. Mm -hmm. Stop looking for instant results. If you have been struggling with your weight for a long time, chances are there's some stuff going on inside that you don't even know about. And not bad stuff, but stuff that needs to be worked through. I always think about this when I'm I've gotten kind of serious again and I'm like, okay, this month I'm going to just really rein her in. Right. Mm -hmm. And nothing happens for the first couple weeks, like nothing. The way I get through those nothing weeks is remembering, I bet there's so much happening inside because I know I'm doing everything great. So what's happening inside are the toxins being released from my liver that have held me back for so many years 
you know, I could go on and on about this, but really start with small, small changes and make it a habit until you move on to the next thing. Don't try and do all 10 of my list at once. Just pick one, nail the water, then nail the vegetables, then nail getting rid of the bad oils in your house. Like all those little changes, you could wake up in December of 2023 and have lost 20 pounds, but also have a really healthy, sustainable situation that you're continuing with. Mm -hmm. It's not just a quick fix. Yeah. And I think one mistake that we used to do is if we had like a bad day, we'd be like, oh, well, the day is gone. And then it's like, you know, you'd have the Big Mac and the fries and the like, you would just kind of, again, go balls to the walls the other way. And it's very hard to kind of come back from that. Oh, perfect example. Jamie made me eat a McFlurry on New Year's Eve. Are you upset about that? <laughs> no, this is a good story. It's a good she one. did not make me. We well, had, like, we're, I'm barely, <laughs> I'm barely awake. We're up at the chalet for New Year's. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to Uber Eats everyone a flurry to end the year. It was great. It was great. So this is a situation that two years ago, Michelle, and remember two years ago, I'm still really in the health and wellness space. Like I know a lot. I wouldn't have ate it or I would have ate it and then not ate anything the next day. It would have haunted me. No, get on with your life you enjoyed. I know. I mean, part of it is we were just having so much fun. That's that's good. Like do things that bring you joy. And then the next day I just ate more vegetables and drank more water. And I went on with my life and nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. And it's really shifting your mindset away from having to be on this restrictive diet that we have been bombarded with. And also understanding that processed foods are designed to make you addicted to them. So if you are feeling like, I can't get off sugar, I just don't know how, I have no willpower, it is not your fault. It is actually typically the foods that you're eating right now have ingredients in them that are making you addicted to them. Whole foods, you guys, just whole foods. Like popping a lean cuisine into your microwave versus throwing some green beans in a saute pan, it's going to take the exact amount of time. Mm -hmm. It really is. Just follow me. And I share all this stuff all the time because all of this was mind-blowing to me. I didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. Well, you even went back to school. Like, we we missed that part, right? Like, you were, like, so passionate about this that you went back to school and you have all of this stuff now. So, okay, we'll come – we'll do another episode and we'll dive into healthy – Healthy lifestyle. Healthy lifestyle. I don't know. As we walk it ourselves, you guys. As we walk it ourselves. We'll pour ourselves a glass of wine because we're all about the balance. Yes. And – Yeah. We'll dive in. We'll dive in. So there you have it. Trauma, mother wounds, toxic relationships, and stop eating shit. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. (laughs) All wrapped up in one. Thanks. I'm so glad I was brave enough to come. I'm so glad you are too. (laughs) Until next time. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode, though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. 
have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with, just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And I'll see you in there.